living the dream. That's nice. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm living a dream. A, a nightmare. Dream. A nightmare. But that's a dream. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. It's Love been, it when they fuck with your meds, right? It's been it's been three days with limited caffeine on a it's span. Um I watched I watched that movie the other night, Ten Things I Hate About You. It mostly still holds up for those who were okay. curious. And All if right. you're missing Bernard from the Santa Claus. That could be a fun podcast. Does it hold up? <laughs> Does it hold up? This Do is you watch be... old movies and be like, Ugh, Don't call, can we watch don't this call 10 Things I Hate About You an old movie. Fuck off. When did it come out? I don't know, but not that bad. It's not It's not that old. No, what, no. Old. Nosferatu isn't. No, we can't say that because, first of all, being old is a state of mind. And Time is a construct. Time is a construct. Nothing is real. And... 10 Things I Hate About You came out in 1999. Um, okay. Five years after I came out. And mm -hmm. therefore, I'm not old. You're the old. movie's not old. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Is this case that we're talking about old? Yeah, pretty. Like, generally. Not not okay. exactly. Like, if I'm considered old, I guess this case is considered old. Um, but what do you call it? Um, this This podcast, though, is crime culture. Um, we're kind of old, this podcast. We're kind of old. In we're terms five, of we're five years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's a toddler. We're Elderly. a toddler. We're we're a kindergartner. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast isn't for kindergartners, but no. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Uh, um today we are talking about I I you will see what the uh title of this episode is when we uh, put it out because I'm not. Did we say what we are? We're crime culture. You said it. Okay. Yep. I'm not fully. I'm living a nightmare. I'm living a nightmare. I know. We talked about this. Um, I know. I'm just reiterating that I am living a nightmare. Um, I'm okay. about to take up fucking black tar heroin just to feel something. Okay. Whoa, allegedly. Um, allegedly. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to get it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't know where to get anything. Um, no, this is crime culture. The, the mess on the mic is Caitlin. And then that just glorious, delightful human being with her little bun stem up on top is Haley. I do bun love, stem. I do love the bun stem. She always no has a cute little bun stem. No one gets to see it, but stem. I do have the stem going when we're recording usually. I mean, if you, if you join our Patreon at a certain tier, we'll do, a, we'll do a video chat with you and you can see the bun stem in its glory. Good plug. Mm, I love it when my brain is not firing on all cylinders, but every so often one little neuron goes whoop and I get whoop. a little something in there. Um, but yeah, so depending on what we have for the title, um, we're talking about Franklin Delano Floyd, who I'm pretty convinced was named after Franklin Delano Roosevelt, even though I couldn't find that in any of my research. And it seems Suzanne too Sadakis. close. Yeah, it seems too close to uh, be a coincidence. Yeah, like fucking Delano. Who do you know who has any? Who else? Who else has that name? And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, was that a was that a big name? No, I don't think it was. And I think that uh, for FDR, the Delano was his, like his mother's maiden name, if memory serves me correctly. But don't take this isn't a history podcast, so don't take that to be facts. Okay. Um, but 
yeah um like i i just kind of walk, operate under the assumption of that um but yeah so we're talking about franklin delano floyd and suzanne savakis um which is a fucking roller coaster of a case bud um but yeah let's just kind of we'll just get right into it i guess let's do if it you're, if you're feeling if you're feeling it um, let's go for it i'm not fully here so let's do this and preface that i'm not fully here um so franklin delano floyd let's talk about him for a little bit he was born on june 17th 1943 in barnesville georgia he was the youngest of five kids, Dorothy, Billy, Shirley, and sister Tommy. T-O-M-M-Y-E, like Tom Yay. Um, and they were born to Thomas H. and Della Jewel Nay Fowler Floyd. So shortly after Floyd's or Franklin's, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go because there are so many Floyds and there are so many names. Yeah, to go by first name. I'm gonna do my best. Um, we'll okay. see how that works out. Shortly after Franklin's first birthday in 1944, his father, who was a cotton mill worker and an alcoholic, you know, the two professions, um, mm-hmm. died from kidney and liver failure at the age of 32. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, with he had five a, he kids. Had quite a run. Five kids. Oof. So Della is now a widow at just 29 years old. She is struggling to make a living independently 20, because it's the 40s. 29 years old, a widow, five with kids. five kids, yes. So she and her kids, yeah, they moved into a small apartment with her parents. And over the next year, it just became too difficult for her parents to help care for this large family. So by 1946, they had asked Della and her kids to leave. And on January 21st, 1946, the Floyd children were placed in Georgia Baptist Children's Home in Hapeville, Georgia, by their mother. Wow. So, yeah. Later on, the eldest Floyd child, Dorothy, was separated from her siblings and moved to an orphanage in Pinewood, Georgia. So uh, Mm. as for Georgia Baptist Children's Home, Franklin did not have a good time at this orphanage. Um, Allegedly. I wouldn't imagine so. Yeah. Allegedly, he was bullied by other children for being, quote unquote, feminine and was later reported to have been sodomized with a broomstick when he was six years old. Um, also, I guess I should put a trigger warning up. That's not, I guess, but like, I think now would be a good time. Um, there's going to be, if you're sensitive to, um, child sexual abuse, this is not the episode for you. Yeah. My cat agrees. If you can hear her, if she's coming up on the mic. Um, I do hear her. I, I know you can hear her. I don't know if other people can hear her. Um, but she's singing the song of her people right now, which she's about nine hours and 10 minutes too early to be singing that song. But anyway, yeah. um, let her live her life. So <laughs> and she's just still going. In his own words, uh, Franklin states that he was digitally penetrated in his anus by other boys in the home and was oh subjected God. to harsh punishments by the staff. As a teenager, he said his hand was dipped into hot water after he was caught masturbating. Um, he also often got in trouble for fighting and stealing. So, meanwhile, in 1948, Della was married in Broward County, Florida, divorced that husband in 1952, married her third husband in May of 1952 in West Palm Beach, Florida. She also eventually divorced him with him remarrying another woman in 1960 in Minneapolis, Indiana, 
not Minnesota. And so then by October 30th, 1955, she had married her first, her fourth husband who had worked at a rob- at a service station in Chicago in two, uh, 264 Northwestern Ave. And we know this because there was a robbery on that date and it was mentioned in the newspaper and there was speculation as to whether or not it could have involved Franklin, but it was later determined that it did not. Mm. Um, so by 1957, Dorothy, the oldest Floyd child, was living in Sumter, South Carolina, where her mother came to visit her. And Dorothy tried to send her mother home by bus. I feel that. But Della ended up getting arrested for being drunk and disorderly and was jailed in Sumter for several months. Hmm. So on June 11th, 1959, less than a week before he turned 16, um, only two, he is only at this orphanage for two years since his youngest sister has left this orphanage. He is the only Floyd child left at this orphanage. So Franklin ran away and broke into a nearby house to steal food. Um, The children's home then informed his sister Dorothy, who at this point was, like I said, like living in North Carolina now. She has two children of her own. She's married. Um, They contact her and they tell her that criminal charges will not be pursued if she takes custody of her brother. So she does, but her husband eventually is like, nah, he's got to go and kicks him out. Mm. So after he gets kicked out of his sister's house, Franklin traveled to Indianapolis to search for his mother, Della, because like I said, she was last seen in Minneapolis, Indiana. Okay. Um, So he finds her and learns that she is now a sex worker. Um, She ended up being just like a drifter. Floyd asked Della or Franklin asked Della to help him forge legal documents, allowing him to go to California to enlist in the army. And on July 11th, he did he did successfully enlist under a fake age. However, he only served for six months in Missouri and Oklahoma before he was discovered and kicked out in December 1959 for, you know, forging his papers. So then he was sent by bus back to his sister Dorothy's house in Gainesville, Georgia, but her husband sent him away again. This so kid on, can't catch a fucking break. He can't catch a fucking break. On February 19th, 1960, he broke into a Sears store in Inglewood, California uh, to steal a gun. Um, he ended up on the roof of the store and exchanged fire with the police and was subsequently shot by Jack, by Officer Jack O. McGregor shortly after 4 a.m. My sources differed. He was either shot in the back or the stomach, but either way, not good. Yeah, not great. Yeah, so he was sent to Sentinella Hospital Medical Center in Inglewood before being transferred to the General Hospital Prison Ward. And in August 1961, Franklin violated his parole by going on a camping trip with a fellow parolee to either Alaska or Canada, you know, somewhere up north over there. Mm -hmm. And later that year, on November 1st, 1961, he was finally taken into custody for this parole violation and was returned to the Preston Youth Facility, from which he was released a couple months later in January 1962, at which he began living in Dorothy's home in Gainesville, Georgia, and working at the Atlanta airport. Mm. So by May 1962, he had returned to Hapeville, Georgia. He was living near the Georgia Baptist Children's Home. Um, He was jailed for obtaining a license under false pretenses at one point. And on May 20th, 1962, um, trigger warning, uh, Franklin abducted a four-year-old girl from a Hapeville bowling alley and raped her in the woods. Ooh, okay. 
Yes. After being convicted of child molestation on July 31st, 1962, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison and was incarcerated at Reedsville Prison in Atlanta, Georgia. However, on November 1st, 1962, he was hospitalized at Milledgeville State Hospital for psychiatric testing. And a few months later, on March 14th, 1963, he escaped that hospital, stole a car in Milledgeville and bought a pellet pistol. The next day, he robbed the Citizens and, Southern's ba- and Southern Bank in Macon, Georgia, and stole $6,810.28, which doesn't sound like a lot until you learn that it equates to $68,034.03 today. Oof. Oof. This guy's really Tom. getting around. He's getting around. Like I said, this is this po- at this point, we are in... I just scrolled too far up. We are... It is March 1963. He was born... June 1943. Boy isn't even 20 years old. Yeah. So he was arrested that same day for the robbery and held in Atlanta from April 4th to June 28th, 1963. On March 26th, 1963, he confessed to the bank robbery, but said he only did it to get the money to appeal his child molestation conviction. Um, He ultimately pleaded guilty to the bank robbery on July 12th, 1963, and was sentenced to 15 years in Chillicothe Federal Reformatory in Chillicothe, Ohio. Um, He began serving his sentence there on July 24th, but on September 27th, he tried to escape by hotwiring a prison fire truck and smashing through a fence. All right. 20. Um, He was quickly apprehended. And mm-hmm. as a result, transferred to the Lewis to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, on October 26th, before being transferred again to Springfield, Missouri Medical Hospital of Federal Prisoners for evaluation, again psychiatric evaluation, on June 5th, 1964. Then transferred to Marion, Illinois, on February 6th, 1965, where he received his GED. So fast forward a couple of years to February 15th, 1968. He's transferred again to Reedsville Prison in Georgia to finish out his child molestation sentence. And there he meets and befriends a fellow inmate named David Dial. Okay. Also while incarcerated there, uh, Della Floyd dies on July 2nd, 1968. um, And she was ultimately buried in Graceland Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. Okay. So a year after being remanded over to federal prison in Atlanta, Georgia, for the escape attempt in Chillicothe, Franklin was released to a halfway house in November 1972 before being paroled on January 19, 1973. But did he stay out of trouble for long? Uh, It doesn't seem like he has at any other point in his life, so why change now? He did not. Um, yeah, just over a week after he was paroled on January 27th, he approached a woman at a gas station and forced her into her car where he attempted to grope and sexually assault her and kidnap her. Uh, the woman managed to escape and Franklin was taken into custody for the attempted kidnapping on February 2nd. After being scheduled to appear in court on June 11th, he then calls his little buddy, David Dial, Mm. uh, posts $3,000 bail and completely vanishes. Um... Okay. It was later discovered that he was hiding out at Dial's place in Noonan, Georgia, but he literally just went on the run. Um, he started using aliases, and then under the name Brandon Williams, he met and married Sandra Willett. Um, so he moved, she had four children. So he moved Sandra Willett and her four kids, including her four year old daughter, Suzanne Marie Savakis, from North Carolina to Dallas, Texas. Um, Willett had some troubles herself and she 
returned home after serving a 30-day jail sentence for writing a bad check to find Floyd and her children gone. Mm. Just walks into her home. Her husband is gone. Her children are gone. And she cannot find them. Horrifying. Yes. Um, It ended up, my sources differed, but the most common thing that I saw was that he took the children to basically like a church, like abandoned them at a church, being like, these are orphans. Okay. Um, and so she managed to get three of her, or she managed to figure out like where three of her four children what, were. What is what is the purpose of this? Well, he kept Suzanne and claimed her as his child. Okay. Um, Suzanne was a four-year-old girl, as I mentioned before, back when he was first released from prison. Um, but not his biological child. Not his biological child. But he's got an M.O., like, you know, like when he when he returned to Georgia to live with his sister, he abducted a four year old girl from a bowling alley and he raped her. Suzanne but, is a four year old girl. I know. But and this mu- like, I mean, I guess like it's not as easy as Googling somebody, obviously, but she didn't know of his cr- past criminal history at the time that she no. was with him. She didn't okay. know that he wasn't Brandon Williams. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so he claimed Suzanne was his child, um, and not much was seen of them again, though in late 1974, his sister has said that a friend of Franklin's told her that he saw Franklin with Suzanne in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, but by 1975, Franklin had begun working in the Oklahoma school system, so he has left Texas. Um, he's working under the alias Trenton Davis. And in August 1975, he enrolled Suzanne into the school system as his daughter, Suzanne Davis, at Wilson Elementary. Mm-hmm. So over the years, he gave several inconsistent statements regarding how she came to be in his custody. Um, one story was that he, quote unquote, rescued her when her biological parents abandoned her. Okay. So in 1978... Uh, Franklin and Suzanne fled Oklahoma for Arizona amidst allegations of child molestation by the babysitter who told Franklin, who told police that Franklin was molesting his daughter. Uh, Suzanne was then bounced around from school to school as this, the two moved to different states. They were in Oklahoma, Arizona, Kentucky. Uh, records showed she was briefly enrolled in at least two. Some some sources showed three other high schools over the course of 1983 before she ended up at Forest Park High School in Georgia in November 1983. Wow. Yeah. Um, and at that time, she was Sharon Marshall. She That was her alias. Okay. So on July 15th, 1984, Suzanne met a girl named Jennifer Fisher at a summer leadership workshop in Rome, Georgia. Um, not much is known about Suzanne's life under captivity with Franklin, um, such as like whether or not he abused her throughout her life, aside from these allegations of molestation. And the fact that Jenny Fisher recalled an incident where Franklin raped his quote unquote daughter at gunpoint during a sleepover. Yeah. And I, I mean, he had a history of this type of thing, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it out. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, Suzanne, meanwhile, was a gifted student. Um, she, like I said, she met this friend at a summer leadership workshop. Uh-huh. Um, she got great grades. She even earned a full scholarship to the Georgia Institute of Technology to study aerospace engineering. Wow. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. A woman in space? Yeah. In the 80s? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's smart as fuck. Um, 
but she got pregnant and told Jenny Fisher that quote unquote daddy wouldn't let her go to college. Oh God. Yeah. Um, instead, after Suzanne graduated from high school, they she gave birth. They put the child up for adoption, and Franklin and she left town in July 1986. This time, moving to Phoenix, Arizona, where they only stayed until the end of 1987. Uh, the next year, in 1988, they moved to a mobile home park on 28th Street near Cockroach Bay in Hillsborough County, Florida. Then later Oof, to the Town and Country Park in Cockroach Valrico, Bay Florida. Cockroach is, uh... Bay. C- can we just it's rename a name. it? Like it that's, is a name. That's just cruel. Like, I understand it's Florida, but <laughs> that's, that's cruel. Just cruel. <laughs> that's just cruel. Come on, man. <gasps> I love you. Who, who's who thought that that was a good idea? Franklin thought it was a good idea to move there. He's yeah, he's full of ideas. It's a town of drifters. Yeah, like nobody yeah. good lives in Cockroach Bay. I'm sorry if you are listening from Cockroach Bay, but <laughs> petition your city to change its name. It's a terrible name. Like I oh. live in an area with a lot of like confusing names. And I live in a place that has like three names that's all sound almost exactly alike and they're not the same place. Like the state of New Jersey has three different Morris towns. There's Morris town, Morris town, Morris town. Like it's stupid. It's true. It's dumb the way they do it. But Cockroach Bay, man. Yeah, but the difference between your area of New Jersey and I'm going to assume Cockroach Bay in Florida is that you've got multiple real housewives living in your area who would not allow there to be a place and, called Cockroach Bay. <laughs> and I'm going to guess that we have significantly less cockroaches than Cockroach maybe. Bay. Maybe. There's got to be a reason. Maybe, but maybe it's like Greenland. Yeah, or Iceland. Or Iceland, Iceland yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Maybe cockroach there's Bay, no cockroaches. Zero cockroaches. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Who are we to assume? Just pedophiles. <laughs> Apparently. Um, allegedly. No, he's not allegedly. Um, well, he's alleged. Yes. Yeah. No, he's not alleged. He yeah, is. Yeah, I'm like, listen, listen. No, he fucking did else. this. Um, so, yeah. On March 21st, 1988, Suzanne gave birth to a son. Um, his name was either anthony michael hughes or michael anthony hughes okay um my source is different on that as well but he went by michael okay um and franklin said he was this boy's father um at this point he is no longer like 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 he's po he's saying this is his son okay. um unless you're talking to you know her co-workers because by then franklin suzanne and michael were living at the golden lantern trailer park near pinellas park in florida and suzanne still under the alias sharon marshall is working at a strip club called the mons venus where she met and befriended a fellow dancer 19 year old cheryl ann camesso okay so the people who knew floyd uh, franklin and suzanne in tampa said that while franklin was behaving inappropriately with his quote-unquote daughter and watching michael his quote-unquote grandson like a hawk he was also becoming, quote unquote, obsessed with Camesso. Okay. So shortly after St. Patrick's Day, 1989, Franklin and Camesso were engaged in a heated argument outside the club when a coworker of Camesso's actually had to intervene. Um, Floyd or Franklin claimed that the, that Camesso was responsible for Suzanne's loss of Medicaid coverage for Michael. 
Um, and the coworker also knew that Franklin had recently struck Camesso because she had bruising on her face. Mm. So Camesso um, was last seen alive during the first week of April 1989. Uh, she left her house with a packed bag and told her relatives that she would see them the following week. Um, her red Corvette was then found abandoned at the St. Petersburg Clearwater Airport on April 7th and impounded mm. on April 15th. She was never seen again. Mm -hmm. um, a month later, on May 16th, 1988, the Mons Venus was raided and dozens were arrested. That same month, Franklin had told a neighbor that he was going on vacation and asked them to mow the lawn and collect the mail while they were gone. Um, he then left Tampa with Suzanne and Michael. And on June 15th, 1989, Franklin and Suzanne got married in New Orleans under new assumed aliases Clarence Marcus Hughes and Tanya Dawn Tadlock. Mm -hmm. The following day, their trailer in Tampa was set on fire. And Franklin later called the neighbor and asked that his mail also be burned. All right. Was, suspicious. I mean, not really. They assumed new identities. Yeah. So it was later discovered that while living in New Orleans, Susanna had given birth to a daughter who was also put up for adoption like that first child. Yeah. Um, Franklin, Suzanne and Michael then moved to Tulsa, where Suzanne continued working as an exotic dancer, this time at a club in Tulsa called Passions, starting in August. OK. Um, again, of 1989. So. While at this club, she befriended a fellow dancer at Passions named Karen Parsley, who immediately saw that franklin was domineering and abusive and tried to convince her tried to convince her to leave him but suzanne claimed that he would kill her and michael if she tried um mm. at this point franklin had joined the fraternal order of police despite not being a police officer okay um and he had told suzanne that he would be able to use these connections to track her down if she ever tried to leave mm. so However, by April 1990, Suzanne had had enough. Um, she had met a college student named Kevin Brown and started a secret relationship. They had fallen in love and they had made a plan to run away together, taking Michael with them and starting a new life. Mm -hmm. um, however, in at the, soon after, um, Suzanne never got this opportunity to do so because by on april 25th 1990 um three passerby found her lying on the side of a highway 100 miles outside of oklahoma city um nearly dead on the side of the road mm -hmm. um she had groceries scattered all around her um and police had surmised that she had been struck from behind in a hit and run while walking from a convenience store to a nearby motel six mm. um so these passerby rushed her to the presbyterian hospital in oklahoma city she had severe bruising and a large hematoma at the base of her skull um soon after franklin showed up identifying himself as her husband clarence hughes and saying that identifying her as his 20 year old wife tonya hughes mm. um she ended up being in the hospital for five days and though her injuries were suspicious to hospital staff and to karen her friend um suzanne never really got to say what happened because she died from her injuries um and 
with no witnesses to recount what had happened. These passerby found her after the fact. Yeah. Her death was just assumed as a hit and run. Uh, Franklin had said that he had fallen asleep at the Motel 6 after Suzanne had left to collect the groceries. That's what he told the police. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Suzanne was murdered by presumably Franklin that he yeah. found out that she was leaving. Yeah, it sounds... Um, pres- yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not a, much of a stretch. Yes, especially because he was already a suspect in the disappearance of Camesso. Yeah. So a funeral was held for Suzanne at Nindy, N-I-N-D-E, or Nind Chapel in Tulsa on May 4th, 1990. Um, Michael was then officially declared a ward of the state on May 17th and was soon fostered by a couple who took care of him for four years. Um, The foster parents told authorities that he had limited muscle control, he was nonverbal, and he often experienced hysterical behavior when he first arrived at their home, but then Mm. with the love of two parents who were not in such a a dysfunctional relationship. Like Suzanne was trying to get him out of this. Yeah. um, Because he was finally out of it, despite the, the horrific circumstances, um, he ended up making remarkable progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And these foster parents did file to adopt him. Wow. Um, Yeah. They, so they we will get into that. Um, on June 20th, 1990, meanwhile, Franklin was arrested near Augusta, Georgia for that 1973 kidnapping charge that he had been on the lam for for close to 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was incarcerated in a Georgia federal prison. The following year, he was also convicted in Oklahoma on a federal charge of possession of a firearm after a former felony conviction. Then in December 1992, the court ruled conclusively that Michael was not the biological child of Clarence Hughes, a.k.a. Franklin Delano Floyd. Huh. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, not weird, but like, damn. Yeah. So on March 30th, 1933, Franklin was released from Federal Corrections Facility at El Reno after 33 months and began living in a halfway house. On July 4th, 1944, though, he went back to his old ways and attacked a woman at the Northwest Oklahoma City apartment complex where he was working as a maintenance worker. Mm. Um, So on August 19th, 1994, he was arrested for that attack, but then was released on bond. This entire time, nobody was able to pin Suzanne's death on him, so he was never arrested for it. Yeah. Um, Instead, he was caught four years later when, after... Four years after Suzanne had died, um, Michael was about to be, he's six now, and he's about to be, the adoption proceedings are about to fully go through for this foster family. Um, Franklin had been seeking custody over the years, but he kept getting denied because, again, nineteen December 1992, it was ruled he was not the biological father. He had no claim to this child. Yeah. Um. So on September 12th, 1994, Franklin showed up at Michael's Elementary School in Choctaw, Oklahoma, and kidnapped him and the school's principal, James Davis, at gunpoint. Um, after tying the principal to a tree, Franklin left with Michael, who was never seen again. Hmm. On October 22nd, Davis's truck was recovered in Lovefield, Dallas, by Lovefield Airport in Texas at the Wonder Bread Factory employee parking lot. Um, 
And on November 10th, after Franklin attempted to get a new driver's license using one of his old aliases, he was apprehended at a Kentucky car dealership where he had been working for two days and was arrested for the kidnapping of Michael Hughes. However, Michael was not with him. He Hmm. would not give any indication as to Michael's whereabouts. Um, As the investigation progressed, authorities also then made the sickening discovery that the man who was married to Michael's father used to present himself as her father. Yeah. Or Michael's mother used to present himself as her father. So after Franklin was arrested, um, he went on trial and represented himself along with a a co-counsel and was sentenced to 52 years in prison without the possibility of parole. And months after Franklin was arrested for kidnapping Michael on March 29th, 1995, landscapers found skeletal remains along Interstate 275 near the Roosevelt Boulevard exit in St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm. Um, Roots had been growing in the skeleton, which indicated these remains had been there for six or seven years. Jeez. You know, it was six or seven years ago. Yeah. April 1989. So... These remains were referred to as Jane Doe I-275, and they were later determined to be the body of Cheryl Camesso, Mm -hmm. who had been murdered with two gunshots to the back of her head. Mm -hmm. And that's because uh, now we've got a trigger warning, not just for child sexual abuse, but child sexual abuse materials. Um, That same month, the owner of a Kansas auto repair business had purchased a truck at auction and found taped between duct taped between the bed of the truck and the top of the gas tank a envelope um like a big old envelope which he immediately turned in because it was full of 97 small and irregularly cropped photos oh, um, Lord. yeah so he turns those over and when the fbi began investigating them uh they found that the collection included several depictions of several children including suzanne savakis in pornographic and sexually suggestive poses as well as a severely beaten cheryl camesso Mm. um because camesso's remains had been discovered at around the same time it didn't take long for investigators to realize that jane doe i-275's injuries lined up with those suffered by the woman in the photos and they confirmed that Camesso was in the images after the medical examiner was the woman in the images after the medical examiner determined that injuries to the cheek of Camesso's skull were consistent with injuries sustained by Camesso in the pictures recovered from the truck. Mm -hmm. Also, there were similarities in clothing and jewelry found between the pictures of Camesso and the items found with these skeletal remains. Hmm. So the truck was traced back to Floyd, who or Franklin Delano Floyd, who had stolen it in Oklahoma in September 1994, but had abandoned it in Texas the following month. Um, basically, he had stolen this truck as like like at about the same time as he had kidnapped Michael. Mm-hmm. So what's more, one of the pictures of Camesso contained an image of someone else's thumb, which an FBI analyst was able to find contained multiple similarities to Franklin's thumb. So many of these pictures also contained images of 
or like many of the, the cache of pictures contained images of furniture, a boat, and areas of a trailer, all of which belonged to Franklin. Mm-hmm. So by the time he was brought to trial in 2002, Franklin was already serving five life sentences in Oklahoma and that 50 and a 50 year sentence for other crimes, including Michael's 1994 kidnapping, a 1994 federal conviction for carjacking and kidnapping, um, a 1997 conviction for burglary with intent to assault and assault with a dangerous weapon. Like this guy's rap sheet is just fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So at his trial and in the post conviction litigation that followed, lawyers raised concerns about his mental state. Uh, Franklin was known for his rambling speech, angry outbursts, and erratic behavior. Um, For example, in a 2009 court hearing, he even professed a belief that he was the illegitimate son of the late FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, Um, okay. He said, like, back in the 70s that he had painted a mural on the, like, the the ceiling of the Mormon tabernacle in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, while he was, like on the lamb like he's got stories mm-hmm. um so he was repeatedly declared mentally incompetent to proceed and ordered to undergo treatment but pinellas prosecutors bruce bartlett and glenn martin wire martin were were or glenn martin i skipped a space um <laughs> pinellas prosecutors bruce bartlett and glenn martin were skeptical of this these mental this mental incompetency uh-huh Um, Bartlett later said, quote, I think he was just a person that lived his life outside the boundaries of obeying the law. He'd gotten away with it for so long, end quote. I mean, like, look how he was raised, though, or... Yeah, look at his upbringing. Lack thereof, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not that that's... prosecutors? No, yeah. Yeah, that's not an excuse for, like, doing all these horrible things and being a horrible person. But it does, when you're looking back at it, be like, okay, well, um, it is nature and nurture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a surprise that he yeah. would end up so fucked up. It doesn't excuse. There are plenty of people, like, look at Suzanne Savakis, who had a horrific upbringing. Yeah. And she gets a scholarship. She wants a better life for her son. She's, like, doing everything yeah. she can to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the prosecutors told jurors, that the best evidence of Floyd of, of Franklin's guilt was a series of photographs that featured this bound and blindfolded Comesso. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that Franklin took the photos shortly before killing her and that and, and noted that the person in the photo is wearing the same clothing as found with the skeletal remains on I-275. Mm-hmm. Some of the jewelry is the same. And the woman in the photo, witnesses said, was definitely Camesso. Yeah. Um, in addition to the thumb that was seen and in several photos and was nearly identical to, to Franklin's, um, the woman in the photos had moles that were identical to ones that Camesso had in, a, in addition to other similarities. Bartlett said, quote, is this a coincidence? Absolutely not, Mm. end quote. Um, Franklin's attorney was basically like, yeah, good fucking luck trying to prove this. Like, there's no way it's too circumstantial and blah, blah, blah. But nevertheless, on September 28th, 2002, after a nine day trial, jurors deliberated for about four hours before finding 59 year old Franklin Delano Floyd guilty of the first degree murder of Cheryl Ann Camesso. Thank God. A conviction he continued to appeal for decades. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, Franklin was irate 
when a clerk announced the verdict. As his defense attorney, Michael Schwartzberg, tried to calm him, Franklin told jurors, quote, look me in the face, end quote. He then pointed to the prosecutors and told his attorney, quote, they framed me, end quote. Uh, sure. After the jurors left, he cussed out Pinellas Pasco Circuit Judge Nancy Moat, M-O-A-T, Lay, L-E-Y, saying, quote, I hope you sleep good. And, okay. and end quote. And Lay cal- Judge Lay calmly replied, quote, thank you, Mr. Floyd, end quote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love her. Uh, so on October 1st, 2002, the jury recommended death by a vote of 12 to 0. And Franklin was given the death sentence the following month on November 22nd, 2002. During the hearing, Franklin read a long, defiant statement railing against the death penalty and continued to repeatedly deny dumping Comesso's body along Interstate 275 and claimed the FBI had doctored the photos taken before her death to frame him for the murder, saying, quote, I can't speak anything when I'm dead, so I'll speak it now. I am not guilty, end quote. All right. When the time came for Judge Lay to read the order sentencing him to death, she took a dim view of his history of his outbursts in court, calling his behavior, end quote, deplorable, um, mm. quote unquote. She also acknowledged his, quote unquote, joyless upbringing in an orphanage and his history of personality disorders, but said his criminal history and the gruesome circumstances surrounding Comesso's murder outweighed those factors, saying, quote, based on the aggravating factors found in this case, it was not surprising the jury found unanimously that he should be put to death, end quote. Hmm. Uh, when Judge Lay read the final words of the sentence affirming a jury's unanimous recommendation to put him to death, she asked God to have mercy on Franklin's soul. Um, in response, Franklin smiled ironically and shook his head and loudly retorted, quote, we don't need your mercy, Judge, end quote. All right, then. Yeah. So uh, John Camesso, Cheryl's father, um, her family was present during the trial and the death sentence um, hearing. He told reporters, quote, I'm just glad it's over with now and that he got his due justice, end quote. And her mother, Ellen, agreed, saying, quote, I hope they don't take long to execute him, end Mm. quote. On January 1st, meanwhile, 2007, Franklin's sister, Dorothy. um, Now, there's some weird shit that went down with his family that I didn't even get into. Like his his brother, Billy, died under mysterious circumstances. Um his sister Tommy like got divorced and then like her ex-husband died under mysterious circumstances. Mm. Um, Yeah. So on January 1st, 2007, Franklin's sister Dorothy was attacked in her Florida apartment by her former daughter-in-law Lynn. And Dorothy has stated that another woman was present when this attack occurred and that that woman said the attack was for Franklin on his behalf. So Lynn was arrested but there was no way to verify who this other woman was or if there even was another woman actually present. Yeah. Um, she was only referred to as the mystery photo woman. Okay. Um, so for years after Michael was abducted, like I said, we're into 2007 at this point, there was very little knowledge of what actually happened to him aside from the fact that he was presumed dead. Yeah. Um, Floyd... Franklin never gave any details of what happened to this this child throughout the trial for several years after he was imprisoned. Uh, and finally, 
a decade after Franklin was arrested, FBI investigators finally got him to open up about what happened. Mm -hmm. You see, Suzanne had had three children, the unknown child she had conceived in high school, Michael, and then that third girl that was born in 1989 in New Orleans and given up for adoption. So that child's name was Megan. And Megan was adopted by and raised by Mary and Dean Joseph Dufresne. Okay. The identity of her biological father is still unknown, though there is a strong possibility that it was Franklin. Um, But the break in the case to find Michael came when Megan discovered that she was Suzanne's child. She was trying to find out what her who her birth parents were and discovered that like through genetics that dna she gave she basically like read a book about franklin's crimes which we'll get into and Mm -hmm. gave her dna to the authorities and the fbi decided to try again at finding out suzanne's true identity because at this point she was tanya hughes Mm -hmm. they still didn't know her name um and so they tried to figure out her identity and michael's whereabouts so my sources differed, but around 2014, they determined that uh, finally Tanya Hughes' real name was Suzanne Marie Savakis. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2015, though some sources said 2013, uh, Franklin finally confessed using this DNA evidence that Megan provided. Like they were able to get Franklin to confess that he had um, murdered Michael on the day he had been kidnapped from his first grade class saying quote i shot him twice in the back of the head to make it real quick end quote Mm. franklin said he buried michael's body near an interstate exit in southern oklahoma near the texas state line but michael's body has never been recovered Mm. um now some pop culture so the book that megan was referring to was called A Beautiful Child, which was published in in 2004 by investigative journalist Matt Birkbeck. Okay. Um, it's about the case. And for many, this is not just Megan. This is what brought the story of Suzanne Sadakis, at the time known as Tanya Hughes slash Sharon Marshall, and Franklin Delano Floyd to light. Um, it actually led to the discovery of Megan. Like, it, it was very widely received okay um the novel which has a 4.13 out of 5 on goodreads and over 2100 reviews at the time of this yeah at the time only at the time of this recording yeah yeah um ended up generating worldwide interest in finding sharon marshall slash tanya hughes's true identity um and eventually led the the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the FBI to revive her case in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in 2018, Birkbeck published another book, a memoir titled Finding Sharon, in which he told the story of the events that transpired following the publication of A Beautiful Child and how they led to finding Suzanne's true identity. That book has a 4.38 out of 5 on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Um, should you want to watch it and then both books a beautiful child and finding sharon inspired a netflix original documentary about the case that first aired in july 2002 uh called a girl in called girl in the picture 
Yes, I recognized the case halfway through because I did <laughs> I did watch that and it is a wild wild documentary. Yeah. The the case, the, the all yes, of it is the wild. whole case, yeah. Yeah, um, it's directed by Sky Borgman, and in addition to being based on Birkbeck's novels, he was also the executive producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells, ooh, I just punched my mic. It tells Tanya's story or Suzanne's story in reverse, um, starting with her death and then piecing together just the story of her life through the people who knew her and loved her, including her high school friends like Jenny Fisher, her coworkers like Karen, mm-hmm. and eventually her birth mother. Yeah. Um, they all described her as just kind and lively and smart and noted how loved she was by her friends. And the show also detailed Floyd's activities, Franklin Floyd's activities from the 1970s through the mid 1990s when he was living as a fugitive under a series of aliases while raising this little girl who later was forced to become his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin does not appear in the documentary, but everyone who spoke in the film described him as being just objectively creepy and dangerous and very overprotective of Suzanne and then later Michael. Um, And speaking of Michael, in addition to the mystery of Suzanne's identity, it also questioned what happened to him after his abduction. It's just like, yeah, we still don't know where he is. Um, So... If you're interested in it, you can watch it on Netflix, like I said. Um, It has a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, a 92% Google score, and then a 83% audience score and a 96% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Like I said, highly recommend. Yeah, this it was done beautifully because this case can be very confusing. Yes. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of things going on there's a lot of moving around but um the documentary really does a fantastic job in um making everything really accessible and it's easy to understand yeah yeah absolutely and i mean it's just it's haunting yeah it's haunting and suzanne deserves to have her story told Mm -hmm. um and so yeah um on january 23rd 2003 so the fall, the year after this documentary premiered, um, Floyd died of natural causes, according to his lawyers, at the age of 79 after spending 20 years on Florida's death row. Remember when Camesso's parents were like, I hope he, he gets executed soon. Yeah, yeah. By 2023, because he just kept appealing. Yeah. Um, so he had been incarcerated at Union Correctional Institution in Northeast Florida. And while he was tried for his crimes against Michael and Cheryl Camesso, he was never formally charged for Suzanne Savakis' death. That's bullshit. Yeah. Um, Floyd's, Franklin's legal case had reached a kind of stalemate because he had been consistently deemed mentally incompetent in court for the last decade. Um, Maria Deliberato, a, a, the executive director of Floridians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty, um, she had previously represented Floyd in his appeals and said that he was severely mentally ill and that his mental state and the state's continued pursuit of his execution prolonged his case and made it much more costly. 
saying, quote, sentencing Mr. Floyd to death did not achieve any of the goals the death penalty purports to satisfy. It didn't keep the people of the state of Florida any safer. It dragged out the process for years and years, and it took a financial and emotional toll on everyone involved, end quote. Hmm. However, Bartlett, the uh, state attorney for Pinellas Pasco, said of his death, quote, a better thing couldn't happen to a worse person, end quote. I um, mean, yeah. yeah but like like. damn damn but we're not gonna end this on franklin delano floyd because fuck that guy um during her appearance in the documentary megan dufresne um spoke on it spoke on her mother and said that she wanted to live up to her birth mother's memory Mm -hmm. um saying quote becoming a parent gave me even more respect for my birth mother because she gave up two children if not more knowing that it was better for the kids, end quote. Yeah. Megan currently has two children. Whew, this one's getting me. Um, and one of them is named Michael after her Aww. brother. Yeah. Um, and that's the story of Suzanne Sadak. Sadak Sad- I can't do it. I can't do this. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah, highly recommend that. that. Is- I haven't read the books. I actually didn't know that there were books. I don't remember if they talked about them in the um, the doc, but um, yeah, the girl in the picture is a really, really good documentary, and uh, go and watch it, and I'll have to put yeah. those books on my list. Yeah, highly recommend, and glad that Suzanne Savakis was able to eventually get justice. Yeah. If not... Not necessarily in the legal system, but that her story is finally told and that people finally understand and know. Everything that she went through. Yes. Yes. And uh, since this is a bummer, what is a... uh, Do you have a palate cleanser for everybody? Something that's not true crime related that we can uh, send people off their day with? I'll give one first. Thank you. (laughs) I'll give one I wasn't first, expecting that last one to really get me as much as it did. It did not get me when I was writing my notes. Uh, it hits you at different points, man. It does. Um, uh, the first thing that I want to mention as far as a palate cleanser is um, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time in the fall, you will know that we do something called... Uh, Spooktober, which we during the month of October we release two episodes every week and we are continuing that tradition this year but then we also added something that is called Secret Satan and it is like a Secret Santa gift exchange between uh, listeners of the pod and us included as well mm-hmm. um, there's a form to fill out if you want to be a part of it there is a $25 maximum You'll get paired with somebody and you will send them a little spooky Halloween themed uh, gift. And we all open them on Halloween when we do our live stream on Twitch. So um, we will have more information if you want to ask about that. We can you can message us on any of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You can also email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. We will get the link to that uh, form to fill out 
on our link tree, which you can find in the bio of any of our social media. Um, and we'll post about it. And we'll remind everyone periodically throughout um, the month. I think we said that the cutoff date to sign up is going to be somewhere in the middle of September. Yes. Uh, because That's we want to typically do. Yeah, we want to get everyone paired up and have people have enough time to send out their stuff so that it gets to everyone for October mm -hmm. so that we can all open them at the same time. Um, again, more information we will talk about throughout the month and remind everybody. But if you have any questions, let us know. Yeah. All right. And what's your palate cleanser? All right. Um, I have, I have two um kind of i am being forced against my will to give up a lot of the basic joys in my life in hopes of finding out what the fuck is wrong with me and if this doesn't like i said to michael the other day um i'm not even getting anything out of this like i'm not starring in a marvel movie i'm not like doing anything like that warrants the uh, like when i tell you any basic culinary or or beverage joy gone just picture it poof out of your life now um and so i said to michael i'm not getting anything out of this and michael was like um you could be getting like you know like your health out of it and i'm like no not yeah. good enough um you could so yes i recently discovered the vegan ben and jerry's ice cream not only slaps but it is now finally, I remember ba back when it used to be like $8, whereas like a regular pint was like $4. And now it's like about the same price. Which flavor so I'm like, are you liking? Currently, it's the Ben and Jerry's fish food, the almond milk one, because I okay. do not like coconut milk flavored things or oat milk flavored things because I can only taste the coconut or the oat. I'm the opposite. Um, I know I you are. I know. We've, talked We've talked about this. <laughs> yes. I can't do the almond milk ice cream because it just tastes like almonds to me. Yeah, whereas I just, I can't taste it. Um, I'll suffer the so, bellyache yeah. and do the uh, the regular ice cream then, but for Fucking your health. I could. I know you Yeah, can. I was going to say, no, they're going to test my blood and everything. So this, I, can't, I literally, like, I can't even, like, say I did it. Um, like, I actually have to, which is the worst part. Um, but yeah, so I want to shout out. Ben and Jerry's and Trader Joe's for making actually affordable uh, vegan stuff okay. because it's not easy. Like, did you know that fucking like Tostino's salsa or whatever it is? Not, it's not Tostino's. They make the pizza rolls. I miss pizza rolls. Um, Totino's. It's not Totino's though. But like, you know what I mean? Like the basic, like the salsa. Like you can't even get, or even worse, like most hummus. Because it's made in a factory that also handles eggs and milk. Okay. So therefore, I technically can't have it. Because right. I can't have a trace of this shit in my body. If anyone has um, any good vegan recommendations for Caitlin, send I'm, them I'm our still way. in mourning. Maybe wait a week. I'm still in mourning. I'm still I'm still trying to... Like, I, I am not quite... I'm still in the bargaining stage of grief. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I want to shout them out for making things affordable and accessible uh, because one thing that i continuously ran into i was like you've got to be fucking rich or you've got to live off cans of beans like there is no in between for a lot of mm -hmm. cases and then i got to trader joe's and i was like i'm feeling a little bit better um am i feeling 100 percent better no i am not but that's okay um but then also i buy too many plants and so therefore i have to buy a lot of plant pots we're making a complete direction okay. um this bitch is fully plant-based. 
um because she buys so many plants but yeah i bought this little disco ball plant pot Love <laughs> the that. other day yep. and i have it in my window and it's is it it's, driving your cats crazy no actually they really enjoy it they they like legitimately will lay under it and be like it's a little party for me like they they love it that's um, good yeah but i also really love it and so i highly recommend if you have plants and those plants need direct sunlight put them in a disco ball pot it'll make okay. you happy and so far we I have like had that. no fires okay good yeah also watch the barbie movie still yeah barbie movie still slaps yep um i'm on um all about that um last thing um is our discord i forgot when i mentioned our social media we have a discord uh it's like a messaging app thing mm-hmm. kind of like a group whatever um if you don't know what discord is look it up but we have one and you can join and it's fun and uh we talk about our pets and arts and crafts and i post spoilers and that is where you will find a direct link to our um secret satan gift exchange application we're going to post it there first pin it to the top so it's like one of the first things uh you can access and um yeah i think that's it i think that's it that's all All i got that's all i got so on that note we will see you next tuesday all right bye bye